inside his own. You can fight it. There's the bounce, Somerville, and there's the siren. Victory for the Bombers. But in the end, you'll fail. Kevin Sheedy joins Dick Reynolds as the most successful club in over 100 years at this famous club. The red and black runs through you. and rich in history that no club can match. Looking for a mark here. We have clubs in the AFL, the VFL, the VFLW and the brand new Wheelchair Football League. Four clubs, one goal. Join Liam and Andrew for your weekly Essendon fix. Reviews, previews of all four clubs right here on the Flying Up podcast. The other teams, they This is the Flying Up Podcast after a week hiatus, because studios were not available, but a week hiatus, and I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend, GF. So my catchphrase. How are you, Liam? It's been a while, man. Oh, I've been good. And, you know, it's funny how last week, if we did get to go on air... We would have taught Essendon, well, me and Andrew, would have taught Essendon to absolute shreds. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, they would have had to fold it. But now <laughs> this week, it's a completely different week. They're up this week, aren't they? They're really up here. The on bombers the are flying up. up, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Good, nice win. What was it, about a 34-point win over the Cats? Yeah. Which is very good effort, seeing as the Cats are, I think, in, at the moment in the top eight. Yeah, uh, I think they I think they are, because them last Yes, they are. Yeah, so they're in the top eight. So it's a good win over the top eight side. Good for the team um, after a rough couple of weeks. You know, I think everyone was ready to tear up the shreds this week. But they have won the burn game. Burn their memberships to the good old burn Richmond. Them, burn their memberships, burn their jerseys. But uh, they haven't <laughs> done that yet. But you know what? They're doing well this uh, this past week. So you want to jump into it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, quickly before, even though it was the 34-point lead, it was kind of one of those um, Essendon took their foot off the gas in the last five minutes. Into long, I think it what, four goals. Yeah, we are seeing we are seeing that quite a bit this uh, round. But I have I have no issue with teams doing that. Once once the game's like they didn't need percentage. They yeah. didn't need the. They needed the win. Um, if, and if you're doing okay, and they've got a, maybe a tough week, God knows with GWS, but it's good to just relax and make sure you're injury free. I mean that is true, and considering the fact that they have been playing North Melbourne in Tasmania, to fly from Tasmania to New South Wales is quite a big of a uh, quite a trip to make, uh, opposed from Melbourne to Sydney, which is just an hour trip. Well, North Melbourne's going from um, Tasmania to Perth. Oh my god, that's brutal. No, actually, Tasmania to Melbourne, then Melbourne to Perth. Yeah. But I mean, when that amount of time on a plane, that's that's time that you could be spent training, or preparing, or whatever you need to ma- uh, play the game. So it is going to oh, be... Oh, you, you, you don't understand the struggles of inter- interstate clubs. They do that no. all the time. Well, that's why Melbourne's the best. God. <laughs> poor, poor Collingwood. I think they're playing back-to-back games at Etihad St- oh, sorry, Marvel Stadium. Marvel. Yeah. They haven't called it Marvel yet, have they? Uh, the starts, you know what's ending. Let's just call it Marvel. Yeah. Can't wait until they build DC Stadium when they have like a bit of a war. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. I think it's going to be MCG soon. <laughs> no, but I guess you missed it. Idihad Stadium, uh, apparently, uh, according to the Herald Sun and the Age, which is where I found my source. Oh, no, it is. 100%. 100%. Yeah, they are changing name from Idihad Stadium to, to Marvel. Marvel Stadium. I think Disney 
have yes. the rights now to the, to the name of Idiot Stadium, which is a bit of a you know a bit of a change. It's a little bit of an uh, end of the era. I mean, my father when he first started watching football, it was Colonial Stadium that was yep. the original name. I yeah, think. then the Telstra Dome. When we started watching, it was Telstra Dome, and then it became Idiot Stadium. That was big news because the Telstra Dome was uh, for quite a while at that point. I'll, I'll tell you a story. Um, when I was younger, I used to think um, the Telstra, Telstra Dome was Frio's home ground because really? it's called Docklands. The free man of Dockers. Yeah. <laughs> Docklands. Because uh, they used to, what's it called? Because it is the Docklands. That's also the unofficial name. Yeah. But, yeah, and I used to always think that's free man of home ground. Because oh. Docklands. Well, it is going to be a terrific save nonetheless. As long as they keep everything at the same price. Yeah. Food is nice and cheap. Yeah, I can get my oh, pretty Can't wait to get the Iron Man meat pie. And oh, the can't wait. <laughs> but uh, Captain America roofed, you know, the, um, let's, the just, uh, let's head right into the uh, Essendon and Geelong game, yes. uh, Liam. The score and the full time score was twelve twelve eighty four resident to seven eight fifty Geelong. They did well against the uh, the Cats, beating them in the midfield. I think, in my point of view, if you ask me, what did win the game for the Bombers in the end was their efforts in the first half. Oh, the first, the first quarter, the first ten minutes was just bang. Now, what what changed it for me is now we we. On paper, Geelong look like they have a strong midfield when you say the big three. Now, I didn't know to tell you who the big three is. If you listen to, if you listen to an AFL show for the first time, it's oh. Ablett, uh, Selwood, and uh, Dangerfield. Oh, the, I refer to, I don't, you're not a Star Wars fan, but if no, anyone, anyone who's a Star Wars fan will understand this. Um, Geelong supporters like to think they are the original trilogy, where in fact they're the prequel trilogy. They're not, they're not doing too well, no. and those players aren't up to the standards that they'd like to. Now, the difference is now... And I, look, I listen to your show. I am a subscriber. I do listen week by week. Oh. Well, you and Andrew uh, say a lot in in uh, past weeks when the Bombers are playing is you always say they hand pass too much and don't have a purpose. I, remember oh, I, th- you, I think you say that a lot as well. No, oh, I'm not on the show. I'm going to be on the show once. <laughs> but you, you and Andrew always say, oh, they're hand passing too much. They're, they're, they're hand passing way too much in this game. Now, if you look at the Geelong Essendon game, uh, what changed it in the end? They, they was fewer hand pass in the first half. Yeah, more kicks. More kicks, moving the ball quicker, giving the forwards an opportunity to run at the ball. But the main thing, Liam, that changed it for me in this past game was the tackling pressure by the Bombers in that first half. They laid 36 tackles in the first, uh, I think it was out of the first quarter of the first half of that game. And the defensive pressure in the midfield is what changed it. They slaughtered the Cats uh, around the clearances in that first half, they were doing terrific defensive work. And look, throughout the game, if you want to talk about defensive uh, pressure and playing the games on your terms, if you want to talk about playing the games on your terms, who was the Ruckman in parts of the game for the Cats? You know who it was? Dangerfield. Dangerfield. Geelong does not have a Ruckman at all. and it's Apart from Steve Smith. And yeah, he's, he got dropped. He's dropped from this week. Who's the Ruckman then? I think Reece Stanley came in. But I mean, when but he's you, a forward. When you have a star midfielder and you kind of like, you know, leaning towards that midfield for your game, and he's the ruck. You kind of giving the bombers a free taps against Tom Bell, Chambers, or mm. McKen- uh, McKenna. You know how Paddy Ryder became a ruckman? How? Um, David Hale went out. Um, no, yeah, Hill. No, David Hill. 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 That's it. Hill went out in that Anzac Day game. He was a backman before that. Was he? Yeah, he yes. was. He used to play See, against Buddy Franklin. That, that, that's why you know, and from there he became a ruckman. Maybe I'm guessing it was maybe a second ruck on that. But jo- Stanley is not that type of player. No, uh, Dangerfield is not. Oh, he's not a ruckman. He's really? not. A, I think they were trying to do what Fife did a few weeks ago. He was Fife playing in the ruck. I mean, you're good, but you can't be that good. Cool. Fife, Fife is 194 and has a great vertical leap. So he I can know, but I mean, you can't uh. put Dangerfield in the ruck against experienced Mark ruckmans like uh, Bell Chambers and uh, McKernan. Yeah, he gave away free kicks, like intentional free kicks. Exactly. I mean, that to me shows that the Cats were unorganised to have... I mean, even like, couldn't... 
Hawkins have been at least a, yeah. a better competitor than... Well, that's another thing as well. It's 13 to 4 marks inside 450. Yeah. So what did Hawkins do? Now, now is this in the first half? Or no, this entire game. Tie game, yeah. Four marks inside 450. Yeah. Um, and I think I think Buzzer was also playing as well as Hawkins. They should have had more marks. Harry Taylor could have played in the wrap. Yeah. Someone could have played... Because that's something, what, apart from... Um, Stewart aren't that tall in the forward line because we've done her being out. But we do have some great contested markers mm. in McKenna. Um, is it McKenna? I keep saying McKenna. McKenna. Yeah, McKenna kicked the first four goals. I think, well, four goals in the first quarter. Yeah, I mean, he was unstoppable for parts of that game. But, I mean, you know, you, the thing is, when I watched it, it just felt like the Cats were unorganised mm. and we had free pay- players everywhere. I think, I have it in my notes here somewhere, uh, when uh, uh, Jake Stringer, it was the opening opening goal, I think, I think it was the, the second or third quarter, when... You had about three Essendon plays free in the forward line. No one's on the stringer, marked the ball, hand passed over the top, and they had an open shot at goal. Mm. That when that happens in a game, Liam, that means that they aren't the the Geelong team and the Geelong backline is unorganised. When they don't know, they don't know who they're playing on, they don't know they had no structure in that backline, and it hurt them. I, I haven't seen Geelong this bad. I think the last time I saw Geelong this bad, they lost to Sydney by over a hundred points. That was yeah. way back in twenty fourteen. This is, like, I, I I personally don't rate Geelong as a premiership contender. I feel like if they win, it's Maybe a doggies a twenty sixteen type win. Yeah, like no one expected them to win, but I don't think they're a genuine force. Yeah, um, but some big there's changes. so many so many holes. Yeah, but some big changes. Let's go a little bit specific now into the changes of the bombers. Big change now. What we've seen in previous weeks and it's become reoccurring is, uh, like we said earlier in the show, hand passes. They would hand mm. pass quite a bit, and they really want to play on. However, the issue was that they had lots of numbers around the ball, which would mean they weren't really anyone up forward waiting for me. We saw a lot they would hesitate. They'd have to hold the ball for quite a while. They couldn't move the ball quickly because they had no one forward. But now this game against the Cats, they seemed a little bit more organised when they were kicking short into space, going from, say, the left side of the field to the right side of the field, giving their forwards a real chance to move up the ground to uh, give them uh, mm. more... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Give them more... Uh, freedom. I guess, yeah, freedom and opportunity to mark yeah. the ball and go for a kick. So that was a big difference. And also, with Hurley out of the team, I mean... Uh, oh, yeah, I completely forgot Hurley didn't play. Michael Hurley wasn't in the team. And uh, McGrath didn't play. Danaher didn't play. Yep. And Parrish got dropped. But we're going to get to talking about Parrish a bit later as well. Yeah, I'd like to talk about Parrish as well. But, mm. I mean, they did have a lot of uh, strength. One play for me that stood up in that back line for me was Matt D. What do you think of Matt D, Liam? Well, he was one of those... Um, he was one of the... I think he's the only remaining um, form drug saga player. The top yeah. up, I think he's only. Like he plays yeah. from the Tigers, I think. Am yeah. I right about that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think he's done fantastic, absolutely fantastic. He has been setting up, and he, and I think that having him in the back line, it, I think it was great because we did have an extra pair of hands mm. to uh, mark the footy. But I mean, he has been, in my opinion, in that back line, a terrific player, really setting up for that team, along with Kale Hooker, who has been gone back recently, and he has been. Well, he should be. He's he's a backman. He's not a forward. But he, he's not bad up forward, but he is being playing uh, mm. better than usual in the back line when we need an extra uh, bigger body back there. But for me, I mean, the Bombers, uh, my strength, in my opinion, isn't in the midfield. I was looking at they did play terrifically in the midfield oh, in the we'll last quick, game. We'll get to the midfield quickly because um, the Essendon big three. Zara, Arkas, Merrin and Hebel both play phenomenal games. Yeah. Um, I think Hebel played the best game all year. Yeah. By far. Um, and I think... I think I, I compare Heppel with Daniel Rich. I think I've told you this. I compare Heppel with Daniel Rich in terms of they were both compared to their coaches when they got drafted. Like, Heppel was compared to James Hurd, and Rich got compared to Voss. Yeah. And both, well, um, Rich definitely did not live up to the expectation. Yeah. Um, and I feel like Heppel hasn't as well. 
And I think Heppel was cap- the next captain of Essen since day one. Yeah. I think he's after his first season, he, everyone's like, yeah, he's captain in waiting. He's the next captain. And you could tell he always wanted to play that midfield and heard mm. really kind of held him into the half-back line yeah. because he thought he needed to really fight for his position. And he did that. He did fight for his position. Now he's one of the key midfielders in our team. Yeah, like I said, I, did he make All-Australian 2015 or did he make the 40-man squad? I think he made the 40-man squad. I don't remember him being an All-Australian. Because mm. I know, yeah, I know, I, can't, I know he's the only time he's ever made it, but I think he's good. I'm, um, like I said, Hebel probably played the best game of the year so yeah. far. Probably the best game I've seen playing in quite a while. Especially that his back was against Wall and everyone's questioning if he was a strong leader or not. Mm. But apparently like, he You was. know me, I've been a kind of a, I've been a bit harsh. Yeah. Let's talk about the intensity of uh, Essendon's tackling. Because they, I mean, I'd like to talk specifically specifically about Zach Merritt. Zach Merritt, when Geelong looked like they were on between Dagerfield and Ablett, absolutely speared both of them. Did you see that part of the game? In the yes. first quarter, speared both of them, really kind of set a tone for the Bombers for that oh, game. And basically. correction, um, 2014 All-Australian team. Was he, he now? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Also won the best and first. But yeah, I know, yeah. But yeah. And he was a, uh, was he a NAB Rising Star in 2011? 2012, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. But, um... Back to the topic. Yeah, no, I was <laughs> going to say, Zach Merritt, in the first half, really kind of set the tone by mm. very aggressive tackles uh, on Dangerfield and Ablett, saving two goals. Yeah, not bad. Six tackles for the game, same as Arrakis. Um, Devin Smith, though, he's a tackling machine. He is. Ten tackles, that's... Oh, not a bad effort from... The, and I think he's probably... Out of the three you picked up, he's been the best, Devin Smith. Yeah, really, really uh, been standing up in the last couple of weeks, for sure. Mm. And, I mean, and it's a terrific runner. And, and a team yeah. like the Bombers, who love to run off a half-back, he's doing his job quite well, trying to get that ball up to our forward line. Mm. And the only one I think struggled, again... He didn't struggle, but I don't think he said the world. Like, Jake Stringer, he's just... I think he peaked at twenty. My personal opinion is that he peaked at twenty fifteen. I don't when think he made he, the All Australian. I don't think he peaked, but he hasn't been a. Uh, he hasn't been up to expectation. Let's just say that I don't think. I th- he, he he has been coming off as a little bit slow lately. I mean, because when he comes into a team, you expect a player of Jake Stringer's standards to kick about three goals a match. Mm. He hasn't been kicking three goals a match. I think Max Definitely. has kicked about. He, he did well against Port Adelaide, but he's kicked about one or one in the last game. I don't think he kicked any in the game before that. So, I mean, but what do you do? Do you put him in the midfield? Do you make him a midfield player? No, or definitely, you... definitely a forward. But what is it to do with him? Because he's struggling in that forward line at the moment. He doesn't seem... He's not great at set shot. That's what I mean. He's struggled since he's uh, made the All-Australian thing. Do you drop him? What are you going to do? Um, I, I say drop, but... um, oh, I said drop him last week as well, and he doesn't get dropped. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, it's always hard. It's tough. I mean, if he wants to, he wants to really make a stand and just say he really deserves to be in this team, a team that's really looking for a lot of leaders because they are lacking leaders at the moment. He needs to stand up in the next couple. Of days. It really is. He got um, Merritt, Heppel, and I'll, I'll say Goddard. As much as Goddard, you know, if he was a dog, they'd be taking him out back by now. Yeah. But still, um, but overall, I think it was probably the strongest Essen performance of the year by far. Yeah. Even the one against Adelaide, I think this one was much better. Back against the wall type stuff, a lot of key players out. And we'll jump straight into the next segment as well because we'll talk about one of these key players. So, yes, one of the key players I was going to talk to you about that got dropped is um, Darcy Parrish. Yeah. And if you look at the draft, Darcy Parrish, I think, was pick five in that draft. Yeah. And yeah. Um, we won't get into the if was this draft a success or not, but Jacob Wiedering went number one, Josh Shackey went number two, and I think he got Parrish as well in there. I think he went number three. He was he was a high draft pick. Oh uh, no no so oh, yeah I think yeah I think he went number three. Yeah. Um, 
and they've both been in and out of their... Well, Josh Jackie's left Brisbane now, the doggies, but do you think Essendon should think about trading Parrish for a high draft pick in this apparently super draft? I don't think so. Because uh, in my opinion, we, every player has a rough season. Uh, or every player has, is out of form. We've got to remember that uh, Darcy Parrish is a, a young player, a very young player. He is going to have a rough time. I don't think we should be trading uh, a young player who has a career in front of him to another team. I just think that's just bad uh, trading, in my opinion. I think we need to we need to work on him. You got to remember, he is just a kid playing a playing a man sport. He needs proper leadership from his coaches, from his leadership group. Uh, you know, directing him, directing him, and inspiring to maybe play a different type of footy. I think he's a great player. I think he has a lot of potential to be one of the best players in about two or three years, be the top of his game. Look, I think he's a terrific player. We've seen him the last two years play played well in the last two years, not so well this year. Thinking he's had some size. He's very still very skinny. I mean, he is a kid though. I mean, what? Mm. What? There's not a oh, long so way of how, how hard is it now in the media? Like, if you're not a superstar off the bat, you're a bit of a failure. Every like, look at Jack. Look at Jack Darling. He's 25 and he's finally coming out. Hey, look, the guys that hold side in the age, they're not playing the game. Oh. They're, they're reporting the game. They're doing it to the best of their ability. If you're doing bad, they'll hold you to account. That's what that's what their job is. Darcy Parrish is still a young player. You should not uh, trade a player like Parrish to another team because he's so young. Because uh, what are you going to trade him for? Another draft pick? Well, this is meant to be a super draft. That's the, that's the question. Uh, look. Like if you can get rid of Parrish for a first round, maybe first and second rounder. As in for another draft pick or for another player? For another, for the draft pick, I wouldn't do it because to me it feels like you're going to start rebuilding again when you really shouldn't. Mm. If you're going to if you're going to trade Parish, trade him for another player because he is a, he is a young player. Well, what still player has do you good, think? Look, still has a good fifteen years ahead of him. Ooh, fifteen, that's a bit much. Well, I mean yeah. nowadays that everyone's being mm. uh, trained differently with sports science and all that, he still has a, like a long career ahead of him. I think it would be a massive mistake to trade him because you're kind of jumping the gun at the moment. Um, and don't trade for a, don't trade for a draft pick because in a team that that needs to start being developed because we do have a lot of young players in that team, you're going to be developing those players or at least training those players for maybe uh, slightly mature players, which has done well so far because we've got Devin Smith and Armin Sider in that team now. What about Rory Sloan? I know he's the one that's... Um, How old is Rory Sloan? Uh, turning 29. I don't, that's why I don't even get why he's not just going to re-sign. He's got only a few years left. But that's a, no, not worth it for a 29-year-old, I don't think. I think who else is out of contract? Maybe Andrew Gaff from West Coast, 25. 25 is a good age. I, I wouldn't mind 25, mm. but in my opinion, the way the Essendon playing their game, that that run off a half pack, which is, it, it is a risky way of playing the game. Um, you know, guys. I mean, they will be a good team in the future because they are a young team. Yes. Not not too young. I mean, they're not a bunch of kids. They are they are a strong uh, team with a lot of potential. They've got to make some mature and young. They do need some maturing, and they do need to be. They need a lot more leaders in that team to kind of push them around mm. a little bit. But in my opinion, I would not trade Darcy Parrish. Is he having a rough season? Yes. Should he have been dropped? Yes. And it, and it was a good decision by John Worsfold to put him back in the VFL so he can get back into form and just teach him a lesson or two about how to play at this level. But, I mean, if you're asking me, should we trade Darcy Parrish for a draft pick? Hell no. I don't think we should trade Darcy Parrish for a draft pick because that tells me you're rebuilding. And that means the Bombers are going to be rebuilding for the last five or six years. Are you going to be doing a Carlton? I mean, when is this team going to be built? Oh. <laughs> you're talking about rebuilding again. If you're going to trade someone for a draft pick, trade an old player that's kind of at the the the, the, the end of his career at the moment. It depends on players as well. I uh, mean, I wouldn't be trading for draft pick. I'd be trading the Giants and the Suns for their young players that are at the age of like 22, 23. Those, those days are over now. 
Huh? Those, those days They have scams a, a couple. I mean, Devin Smith and Ahmed Saad, they both coast in GWS, they've both been playing beautiful for, for us at the moment. Well, they're both, I know, I, I think... Devin Especially Smith, Ahmed Saad. Devin Smith was in GWS best 22. Yeah. During the final series last year. And I don't know if Ahmed Saad got dropped or not. I think he did at one point last year. Well, Ahmed Saad, although we have been losing the last couple of weeks, he has been uh, outstanding in my opinion. I'm not sure about you, but he has been... I mean, he's, he's taken on the footy, taken on the players... He's taking risks, and those risks have been paying off, especially as it gets the Cats. We've seen that. Mm. He's been playing terrific football. Now, we are playing football where we are kind of relying off our half-back line, uh, as in running it from our half-back line into the forward line, which is very, very risky football because if you turn it over, you're done for. Um, but, I mean, there were successful gets it with the Cats, so they're doing okay so far. But, I mean, you know, that back line's been doing well so far. But... Um, Darcy Parrish does need to mature a little bit. Uh, he hasn't been playing the best football that we all expected. Because well, when he came into the team yeah. originally, he was, you know, everyone's like, he's going to be a Brownlow Mellis in the future. And this season, he's kind of been, you know, in the shadows, to, mm. to say the least. Well, and also in Darcy Parrish's defence, he came in during the... He came in 2016. He came in through the real building. No, but he came in 2016 when half your team wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of hard as well to get a good reading. But like I said, you look at the top... Sorry, the top five, I looked it up just before... So you had Weedwing, who's been who's just come back into the Carlton team now. Mm-hmm. He's been dropped. Josh Shackey, who got was in and out of the Brisbane team and then left Brisbane to come to the Doggies and just playing his first game. Callum Milms, um, who well now he's now out for the year, but he's been fantastic. And Clayton Oliver, who they're comparing to Chris Judd. So yeah, I don't like it when they do that. Oh, I hate comparisons as well. But I hate comparisons so much. Mm. I think, but like, if you look at that draft of. Um, I'll probably say Clayton Oliver's the best one so far. The next one's Parrish. Mm. But, um, but I don't know, I just, you know... He's not... He's not. He's disappointing this season, but I wouldn't say he's a disappointing player. I think the time in the VFL will suit him. Will do him good. I haven't... I have yet to see the GWS team. I'm not sure if he's been picked, or picked for that or not. No, uh, no. I mean, we'll get through that when we preview the game, but no. But I'm, but I'm a big fan of... You know me, I'm a big fan of Tough Love... Mm. I like it that they've dropped him into the VFL. Well, I see, I like the word dropped. I hate the word axed, especially for a young kid. Uh, omitted, whatever you want to say. Even though I like omitted and I like dropped. Like, or, but axed but, is a bit brutal for you? I think axed is, especially a young kid trying to get confidence, you don't want to be like, oh, you're axed to the VFL. Well, maybe tough love is what he needs. Oh, I just think, I believe in I tough love as well. That, I reckon, I thought that what John Merciful did by dropping a couple of players and bringing in some guy from the VFL was a good move because it kind of gave you the... I'm not sure how the players work these days, but it kind of gave me the instinct of, well, if you want to be part of this team, you have to work to be part of this team. I don't care if you're if you were a best and fairest winner of two years ago or whatever. If you're not willing to give 110% on that footy field, then you're not uh, going to be selected for this squad. Especially when you've got a VFL team that's busting their you-know-what to get into this team and play mm. some good footy. And we saw that. I think Laverde, who was in the VFL for a couple of games and then in this season has been playing quite a, quite a bit of... Uh, AFL football, he's kind of shown that, you know, he's worth being in his team. And when you look in the last game against the Cats, when you see uh, Mc, uh, McKernan, McKernan's been playing a lot of VFL footy. Instead of Joe Danaher was dropped and he came in, can you argue that he has been playing with a purpose lately? No, I think he's been quite well. I mean, he's been playing to prove a point that he does deserve to be in this team and that he wants to be the best forward in this team. And he's not in the football club to just say, okay, well, I'm just here just so uh, to hold Dana her spot. No, mm. he's here to say, I belong in this Essendon Football Club and I belong in this forward line and I belong to play being the best 22. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of forwards, this is um, something I saw a few weeks ago called Forgotten Gems. So we'll look up 
past Brownlow's best and fairest premiership players that just did not fit. Um, last time we did this, we've got Adam McPhee, 2004 best and fairest and All-Australian. Yeah, I heard that, yeah. Yeah, this one, this is for you to guess. Who, who with 34 goals, won the 2010 Lean Goal Kicking Award for Essendon? 2010? Yeah. Was Angus Monfries? Yep. <laughs> I'm so good at this. <laughs> and it's not, it's not that Angus Monfries is like, a bad player. Not, not like Andrew, they took seven shots to get, <laughs> to get who they did. But it's not that Angus Monfries was a bad player, it was just, I think, just come off the Lloyd. Yeah, just finished with Lloyd, you know, Lucas, Lloyd, and he, and was he, he wasn't a key forward either, really. No. He, he did drift into midfield and around again. Essendon, you know, I was saying to you when I, the last time I was on this show, Essendon really haven't had a key forward in a long time. But ah. Angus Monfries wasn't a bad player, but... What did you say the leading goal kick was? 34 goals? Yeah, 34 goals. That's not good. <laughs> no. I mean, you've had 20 off of what you should oh, be. Oh, sorry, 24 goals. 24 goals. 24 goals, so that's 30 wow. off of what I, you should be. That's the lowest I've seen in... I don't know. No, that's not good. That's so... A key forward should kick about 50 goals, in my opinion, a year. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there was, there was a point in history where it should be, it should be 70, 70 goals. So, an yeah. example. So, from 97 to 05 was Lloyd. 06 was Lucas. Yep. Um, 07 to 09 was Lloyd. Then you got 11 to 13 was Stuart Camery, yep. who was at that time probably your biggest key forward. And what did he get? Like 32 goals? 34, 32, 30. Yeah. Went down by two every year. And then since then, it's been Joe Danaher. Then you got Angus Monfries in the middle. Yeah. See, look. that's what I mean. It just does not add up. It's not, does not fit. And it's very, it's very odd to see because 2010, correct me if I'm wrong, that was Mark Knight's last uh, year as a coach for the Bombers. Um, it was because well, Heard would be appointed in 2011. Yes. Well, Heard called, yes, and I yeah. quote, rock bottom for the. <laughs> Mm. Not only was going to happen in the next couple of years. That's not the point. But what's interesting to me is you have a player that only kicked about 24 goals when Mark Knight's game plan, correct me if I'm wrong here again, or anyone correct me if I'm wrong here, get on social media, that his game plan was, we need a bigger forward line, and he made his game plan a forward kind of game plan when he had a guy kicking 24 goals. But that's my point. But you no, know, Angus Monfrey was a terrific player. And look, I'll argue, guys, from the prior week, I thought Adam McPhee was a terrific player as well when he was Oh, I, I've always been a fan of McPhee. Sorry? I've always been yeah, a big I mean, fan of Adam McPhee. Yeah, I mean, he played for the Dockers and the Bombers. I, he, mm. he was one of the players from my childhood, number 33. I met, I was able to meet him oh. when, I was, when I was a kid. Nice guy? Yeah, really nice guy. Well, I said to my brother goes to my sister's your favorite, like you're my sister's favorite player. He in a court. I swear to God, this is the true story. I went to an Essendon training match one time, and I got Lloyd and Lucas's uh, autograph on my Essendon flag. And my sister's favorite player was Adam McPhee. And I remember this so clearly. My brother went up to my. He had his Nokia thirty two ten. This is years ago. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> this is like two thousand four, two thousand three. His Nokia thirty two ten, and he went up to uh, Adam McPhee, and he said to him, uh, "Hey, my sister, like you're my sister's favorite player," which was true. My sister had his like poster up and all that. This is when he had the dreadlocks no he had like short blonde hair uh, but and he goes to me and goes can you just I want to call my sister do you mind just talking to her just say hey because you're my sister's favourite player I sort of go to say this yeah uh, look I don't think I have enough time we have to go to lunch and we've got sandwiches in the back we <laughs> 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 like Rightio. <laughs> and then oh. Lucas was next to him. Lucas goes, yeah, right, I'll find your flag. And he <laughs> signed it and put the number. I met Lucas a couple of times, but oh. he was a great guy. Oh, Scott Lucas. Yeah, I met Scott Lucas as well. He nice was, man. He's a top bloke. Him and Lloyd, they they so nice. And then um, and then Mark Knight made a massive paragraph on the back of my jersey. Thanks for coming to training. And then he got sacked the prior year. <laughs> See, um, this, is, this is a completely different thing. But as a fan now, like if you're a Gold Coast fan, would you want to get Tom Lynch's autograph? Yeah, man, he's a good play. I mean, he isn't like the top of the league, but no, no, no. But the fact that he's they've, he's rumored to leave at the end of the season, being out of contract and a free agent. Well, how old are you though? If you're like an eight year old, yeah, sure, man. Any any eight four player signature is a great signature. Yeah, but you've got to look at like if you're getting the 2018 Gold Coast Suns jersey signed by a guy that might leave, wear a jacket. 
<laughs> That's what I was like. Hey. I mean, it depends on what, if you're a young kid and you're someone's dad, why not? Because he's a fully plane, you don't know where he's going to be. But I mean... Uh, so we are assuming the Gold Coast actually have supporters, so well, that, 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 that's a gamble in itself there. I'm not saying that allegedly they would have management <laughs> for some blokes on the street. Who do you go for? Cronulla Sharks! <laughs> All right. Well, that's a Sydney team. You know, it's not my point. <laughs> Come over here. Uh, Wear this. He's Tom Lynch. He's just a bloke. Sign it here. Uh, <laughs> Act like you care. Go, goes up to, like, maybe Lockie Weller. Are you Tom Lynch? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> are you Tom Tom! Tom! Just stand in Tom! What? <laughs> Come here. <laughs> we love Tom this show, but uh, that's not the point. But, you know, it depends how old you are, but, you know, why not? A signature is a signature. Well, about your age, would you? No, I want to get in here if I play Oh, neither would I. Now I've, been on, I've been on a plane with Barry Hall like three times. I don't give a shit. Oh, I should say, I don't care. You should edit that out. I don't ah, care. We, we can say whatever we like in the flying out oh, podcast. Screw you. Uh, <laughs> I would just send to myself, hey! You and mm. and your team as well. Did you say hi to Barry Hall? On a flight, would you really want to talk to anyone? No one wants to talk to anyone on a flight. I really didn't want to. I, I, yeah, I mean, I've met a lot of players. I one time was in the North Melbourne shop and standing next to Brent Harvey, and I didn't care. It's something, like, it something like Brent Harvey like made 400 games. I don't really didn't care. <laughs> I never do. I know. I was like, I, this is how, I, I was getting my dad a gift because my dad's a North Melbourne supporter, so I was getting him like a jacket or a hat or whatever. And I was so angry at that the guy was like, hey, Boomer, how you going, man? Brent Harvey's talking to the guy. I'm like, yeah, sorry. So what's the retail price? Is this like 50% off or something? Because <laughs> it was a North Melbourne shop. Oh. But <laughs> it was 50% off. But <laughs> but yeah, I just, I'm not that kind of guy. I mean, I mean, it's weird, man. Because in America, when you see an NFL play, everyone's like, oh my God, you're Tom Brady. But in the AFL, I mean, where I work, uh, you know, Mark Harvey came in and Jonathan Brown came in as well. And I was telling all the customers, and I was like, oh, my God, Mark Harvey came in. And they were like, yeah, we know. He goes to the other joint as well. We talk to him all the time. Like, like no one cares, you know. So if you're a kid, it's amazing. When you're an adult, you don't care. You just yell at them. Well, yeah, no, nah, I do agree. I, don't, I remember I met, like, at the end of a game, there was a the club signing. I went and got my thing signed as a kid, but that was yeah. about it. I mean, when you're uh, a kid, it's like, oh, my God. I remember Jason Winderley came to my class, and Scott oh. Lucas came as well. was those two, and I was talking about the 2000 grand final and all that. And you're like, Wouldn't oh my God, didn't play? Huh? Wouldn't Link didn't play? No, but Lucas did. Ah. <laughs> he was just awkwardly standing in the corner. But, um, you know, that was cool. But when you get older, you just, you don't care. You shake the hand. How you doing today? What can I, what can I do for you? But, yeah. Um, you know, if you want to edit this out of the show, you're more than welcome to, Liam. But I just want to throw a topic at you. John Worsfold, can we just talk about him for a little while? We can. We've got time. Um, uh, it's 4.27. Yeah, we've got plenty of time. Oh, uh, whatever. I don't really have to be at work till later. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about John Worsfold. Do you, what do you think of his behavior of late? With the whom I like to call it the whom interview that happened a couple of weeks ago, and the recent uh, press conference he did after the Geelong game, because there's there's two sides of this argument. Because in case you haven't missed it, the Essendon coach John Worsfold has been let's just say taking it to the media for the last couple of weeks, giving short answers in his press conference, lack of detail, and in the uh, press conference he does on training, very lacking a lot of. Um, I mean, let's just say holding the media to their uh, to their word. Now, in your opinion, as a, a lover of the game and a critic of the game, I'd like to call you, do you cool. think it's kind of... Because you do criticise the game every now I and again. I criticise the game all the time. But do you think that uh, John Worsfold, the way he's acting in the media, do you think it's of the... Do you find it funny or do you kind of don't like it because you're not getting the information that you want? Um, I want to I wanna talk about this. What do you think of it? I want to get your opinion. Let me, I'll fix my microphone up. We'll uh, get serious now. Um, personally, I think, I think it's rude. You think it's rude? Um, I think, 
he's putting his, you know, he's not comfortable in his position. He's under pressure. It's not like uh, a few examples. Mick Malthouse. He's usually um, after a big loss or something. He has to go at the media. And Ross Lyon has that in. The Ross Lyon. Um, I remember the twenty thirteen Grand Final. Mm-hmm. Alex uh, Clarkson. Yeah. Alex Clarkson actually got fined. I think for. Oh no, that was for an umpire. I apologize. Yeah. But, but yeah. I don't just. I don't think he's he's earned that yet, especially at Essendon. Like maybe at West Coast, if he did it. Uh, what is it though? Because here's the thing, right now, when he did the whom thing, when they're saying when the 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 gentleman the journalist yeah. said to him. Uh, there has been miscommunication between everyone in the, in the coaching box. What do you have to say about that? And then he said, well, who said it? And he goes, well, members of the media. And he goes, whom? And he said it over and over again. When that happened, I did get a little bit, look, I'll, I'll be immature for a second. I, I did get a chuckle out of it. because oh, I, yeah, two I sides found it funny as well. There was, there was part of it that was funny. And then the other side of it, you kind of go, well, in, in, in some ways, as a journalist, you do have to state your sources at times to, to be credible. Mm. So that's why that was my opinion of that. The press conference now, now, this is me as a supporter talking. This is me as an SM supporter. And this is you. I mean, you're, a, like I said earlier, you're a critic of the game. You're a critic of this club, which is why you do this show. You, I want to get your opinion on this. Now, when we're watching the press conference, because we watch it with, we try to watch it with detail, me and you. Yeah. We take notes. Now, we want to know everything about what happens in the coach's box. We didn't get as much information as we can. So we can say, oh, okay, now this is what John Westfall said here. And he said he wants to move in this direction. We haven't been saying it. And et cetera. Now, if he's coming out and you're saying to him, how do you feel about the game? He says, oh, yeah, I'm wrapped. Now, for me and you, that kind of makes our role on this show a little bit difficult because it makes mm. it harder for us to talk about the game. So, just on that, do, I mean, is he kind of... I don't want to say... Well, I have to say it. Is he screwing, you know, not only us, but other members of the media and not only us, but also supporters who are interested in the game plan of the Essendon Football Club? Is he kind of screwing... Us all that by being a little bit of a smart aleck to the media. Yeah, hundred ah, hundred percent. That was very, that was very explosive there. I was like, yeah. but no, hundred percent. Um, now, now, oh. I understand the coaching stuff is the coaching stuff, but uh, I mean, if you are the Essendon uh, chairman, CEO, or if you are part of the Essendon, because um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I was listening to the Sunday Footy Show and Tony Jones said not a lot of media went to the Essendon training to go interview him, but apparently one member did, and Tony Jones blew up about that. TJ blew up about that. But if you are, say, the head of the media department for the Essendon Football Club, now I'm not sure what happened. I don't know if the Essendon Football Club made a statement saying we don't want anyone at training. If it was a close training, I don't know what happened. I just want to say that clearly. But if you are the CEO or the chairman or if you are the head of the uh, uh, Essendon Football Club media, would you have a chat with John Westphal and just say, hey, mate, cut it out? Now, no, if yeah, they ask yeah. you a question... You can hold them to account, but if they ask you a simple question, give them a proper answer. Would, uh, you, would you say that to them? Or yeah, would you, would I think you it's think, just stop being a dick kind no, of thing, yeah. I mean, but would you say to them, well, as long as you're getting us those Ws, as long as you're getting us those four points, do whatever you want. Uh, we don't nah. care. I mean, I mean, because it is a PR uh, situation at one point, mm. but at the same time, I'm, as an Essendon supporter, just concerned about getting some wins. Um if it was the 1920s and TV didn't exist, I'll say yeah, the wins are more important. But oh, well, radio exists, and that would have just been the same. Uh, well, thing. you need you need um the media is very important. If people don't want to interview you, the media coverage there's no point. Well, I mean, it's uh, it's it, it's a little bit uh, like would uh, would John Worsfold let Roaming Brian happen? Well, I'm not sure how that works. I'm not sure who approves of that, if it's the coaching staff or it's the management of the well, football club. Do yeah. you like Roman? Do you think that's a little bit of intrusive? Uh, I love Roman Brian. I think it's funny. I like I, as an entertainment perspective. I think it's funny, and it's after the game. Oh, um, you know what I don't like? I don't like the. I think only Fox Footy does this. The interviewing the players while they're walking through the race. Uh, to start the game. Yeah. Or? 
Yeah, I don't like that. Do it like after someone, someone who's played football as well, myself, the time you're 100% focused is when you're walking onto the ground. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be like, so how's the game going to be today? Because you're focused, you're dead set on that banner or wherever you are now because you want to play the game. No, what you're saying now is that you think that the media should... They're going to cut back a bit. They need to cut back. All right, so, you know, and there were discussions, I remember a couple of years ago when um, they had the cameras in the change rooms and unfortunately, I can't remember what player it was, but one player... Uh, was getting changed. Ah, uh, the Adelaide player, yes. Adelaide player, yes. but he didn't know the camera. Was it Tom Lynch? I can't remember. Uh, yeah. But the camera was on him, and then he and didn't saw know. his junk. Yeah, I know, but that's unfortunate. But do you? So you think? So you, do you think that John Westford just should be doing what he's doing, or do you think that John Westford should we have a chat to him and, and say to him, "All right, cut the BS and just answer the question." Um, I think you cut the BS and answer the question because Essendon's not in the best place at the moment. They're, well, after win, but. They were struggling, so they just and they were a team that people thought would play top four, so they deserved to be criticised. All right, fair enough. So they were getting criticised, and the fact that he couldn't handle the criticism as a coach. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like if if they were going well and they had a little slip up, and they're like, oh, so there's a lack of communication in the box. Mm-hmm. But you know, when there's ru- a lot of rumours, and it turned and out it, to be true, yeah, that there was a lot of lack of communication with, with uh, um, Neil Mark, and that, Mark yeah, Field, yes. which is not uh, worth it. We'll quickly just quickly run through the um, reserve results, and okay. we get to closing part of this show but no um, so on the weekend the VFL team defeated Geelong 13-30-91 to 12-12-84 and I wanted to mention Darcy Parrish had 31 touches oh okay that's good um, the women's team lost four four goals zip 24 to the Northern Territory 14-12-96 they are currently second last on the ladder yet to have a win um, haven't found results for the eSports they were meant to play on the 22nd of May mm-hmm. haven't found results for that yet we'll, and we'll get that to you next summer on yeah um, I looked it up and then said they didn't say anything okay. on the thing and um, there was no wheelchair football this week, so... Right, yeah. I've yeah. actually seen it. Where can I, do you know where I can find that? Um, no, I don't know at all. Oh, I'll try yeah. to look into it, see if I can find it later mm. on. So, let's kick things straight off here with the Judo Breast game. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, will, light, will lightning strike twice? That's the question. Where are Judo Breast in the ladder? Are they in the top eight? Uh, no, the ninth. They're at the eight now. They've lost the last three. Yeah, I was going to say, they didn't appear that they were in form, especially when they get that game against North Melbourne. I mean, North Melbourne at the moment is proving to be a very solid team in the AFL. <laughs> Sorry, pardon me. Hmm. Um, Judy West, I'm not sure. Look, the Bombers, uh, they look pretty organised. I, I haven't yet to see the team, but <laughs> do you have it in front of you? Sorry. Yes, I'll get up. I'll get up for you right now. Um, <coughs> the only change is McGrath in and Dylan Clark omitted. Okay, well, look, um, as long as they... Uh, Essen are a fast-running team, and... Uh, is it called Skoda Stadium? I'm sorry, they do, they do change names. No, it's not Skoda, it's uh, Spotless. Spotless Stadium. They do change it, well, I'm a couple of years late. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Skoda for a while, but it, it's the Sydney Showgrounds. Yeah, well, look, I'm going to tip the Bombers for this reason. Now, I understand it is a GWS home ground and all that kind of stuff, but the Bombers of late have been playing uh, a faster game of, uh, well, as of late over last week, have been part, playing a faster game of footy uh, in running. Now, a running game uh, is better suited on a smaller field, and uh, 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 what's it called again? What stadium? I'm going blank here. Not um, Skoda. Skilled. No, no skilled. not skilled. Um, <laughs> spotless. All the S's. Uh, Subiaco. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but... Uh, um, Shanghai uh, Stadium. <laughs> a spotless Stadium. Tokyo Dome. A Spotless Stadium. Uh, Madison uh, Square Garden. Let's go. <laughs> So, Spotless <laughs> Stadium is a smaller ground, yeah. and it does better suit the running running game. So if the Bombers can not get tied up uh, around the stoppages and can maintain that clearance, uh, the high clearance rate, 
I will tip the Bombers because it is a smaller ground and it does better suit Ahmed Saad and Devin Smith and the midfielders. But mm. what I'm looking for in this game and the coming in this upcoming game is a standout game from David Zaharakis because for me, he doesn't feel like what he used to be. He's going to be... Coming 2019, he's going to be in the SF Football Club for 10 years, believe it or not, because he debuted in 2009. Do you, I, I, do, I feel like with Zaharakis, he's a um, player who never got... Better, like he reached. I say, we'll just say twenty thirteen. He reached his peak. Yeah. Um, and just hasn't continued with that peak form. Well, like in my, if you ask me, he needs to stand out in this game. He mm. need, he needs to. So, if I'm looking for one main thing is for two guys, David Zaharakis and Jake Stringer, those two blokes, I want to see a standout game from both of them because for for this season, they have been rather disappointing in my point of view. But then Jared Rasa coming off a um. A big, another big loss to North Melbourne, having Phil Davis still out there, captain. Having Jonathan Patton and um, Josh Kelly in the big end. It, it, I don't know who's a big game for. I don't know if it's a big game for the Giants or a big game for Essendon, really. Well, it is for both sides. But for the Bombers, if we're going to talk specifically about them, that's for them. It's just, uh, it's the answer is, was last week a fluke and did they get Geelong on a bad day? Or did they... Uh, or it was a bad day, or, or not a good day at all. Or are they on the upswings when they're making these uh, critical changes, as a lot of people like to say? Yeah, and make the aim for the finals. I, I have... And look, I know we were talking about this before the show. You said you don't think they're going to make the finals. I'm going to say from there, it is a long shot, and it is going to be a rough ride to get there. But the reality is, although the percentage is terrible, there are only two games outside the eight. That, that is the reality. Yeah, it's a very, very only close two ladder. games. But, I mean, uh, they just have to keep winning out to stay in form. Now, will they make it? I'll say probably not. I'm on that kind of the, that end of it. But you, I'm just going to say there's not... I mean, Brian Taylor said they can't make the finals with this start to the season. But I reckon if they... You know, I'm not going to say there's a zero chance. I'm going to say they do have well, a shot. Well, Richmond was 3-7 three and three and seven, um, in 2014. And they won, I think, every game and made, just made the finals. Yeah. Well, you know, let's see how the Bombers go. Let's see yeah. if they can stay in form and stay... Uh, determined. Mm. So you've got GWS, no Essendon. I um, have, I have. I'm on the fence. I still, I think Essendon win. I think I tipped Essendon to win, but it wouldn't surprise me if Essendon loses. It wouldn't surprise me either. But if they were to win, I hope this could be a 27 or 28 point win. Ah, yes, yes. Well, thank you very much for coming in, Jeff. Again, no you're worries. a lifesaver. Love being here. That's good to hear. This I is hate a- Andrew though. I spoke to him before the show. So this is the hating Andrew podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, the flying out podcast with Liam and Jeff.